third episode of today's loose lips this is the ninth feature installment so if you're new to loose lips i'm ben random what you can do is find the back catalog of all the previous chats you can find them on youtube go to pop cult chic and you can see the back catalog and likewise if you want to follow on instagram there's pop.cult.chic and all the back catalog is on there as well so far we've had a bit of a all over the world like feature today we we first of all spoke with nick muldoon who was he is in buffalo uh, we spoke to him about the filmmaking film critiquing side of things and then uh, the chapters previous we were in cape town with chris jack of sneakerstories.tv speaking to him about the world of trainers right now we're going to hop across the atlantic and head to boston massachusetts for my boy Cam, who's in the group. You just need to send me the request, mate. Once you send the request, I can connect and we can make this happen, man. <laughs> Emperors! Just waiting for him to send it through. Oh, here we go. Let technology do its thing. How are you, brother? <laughs> I'm chilling, man. Chilling. Just in my backyard, enjoying the beautiful weather we've got today. Give us a bit of a tour. Give us a bit of a whirl. Well, can we turn this camera around? Oh, it, there's not much. So this is my. There's not much of a back garden, like just here. You know, it's cute. That's how I imagine American porches, full of just like yeah, well, sitting on a rocking chair. Yeah, well, we had a porch out um, out front, which has been taken off. That just took it off yesterday. <laughs> what do you and mean? Like, let go? Just went? No, we're putting that somewhere else. Well, yeah, we um we have uh, our porch out above the on the first floor, so they just like took off the the railing basically and took off the decking, and they're gonna redo it in a couple of weeks. So that was out of action. So I've just kind of got my spot here. There's my old bike. I like my housemate used now, but yeah, it's my cute little white house, you know. You've been doing a lot of cycling, aren't you? You've been, uh, uh, yeah, is is that something that um, when you got out there, you were conscious of to get to know the city a bit more? I think it it helped and it's a a great way to get around in this city because it's not very well planned. It's not like very easy to get around. There's a lot of public transport, but there's lots of traffic on the roads and the the train systems especially at this end of town is super slow to get into boston um and i don't like waiting so even in winter i would i would be cycling to work i would just wrap up warm two pairs of gloves you know even when it's snowing and minus however just because i didn't like didn't like it but yeah i got got cycling a lot and then it was a great way on my first couple of summers to well, my second summer, sorry, because I've kind of moved over here in the first, and I just, I just worked as soon as I got here. I just kept working, like I had to work straight away. To, I didn't have any money leaving Leeds, especially on my Porto bartender wage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was the best way to get around. I was living eight miles out of the city as well when I, when I first got there. So I ended up doing a lot of cycling. I would occasionally get the train when it was too hot. But now I cycle for my living as well. 
I am. Um, I pedicab, which is like those rickshaw bikes. Oh, yeah, that's that. pretty cool. Do you get talking to some cool characters in there, man? Oh, yeah. Yeah, loads and loads and loads and loads of people because when it's busy, it's busy and you can give tours. And when you're giving tours to people, like you got them for an hour and you really get to know these people. And some of them have really awesome backgrounds, but most of the time they're just like, they hear the accent and they're like, oh, where are you from? Like, I want to hear, I want to know about you. Like, why are you here? What's your story? Like, how are you living in Boston right now? So what, what do you tell them? That's a good, that's a good, pretend I'm in the back of the rickshaw. Like, hey, what's your story then? How have you ended up in Bostonia? No one calls it well, Bostonia at all. <laughs> Bostonia, Beantown. I don't know. Boston kid. Um, I tell them when, when I moved over and that I've got family in the area. Because, like, my father is from Boston. He was from... Um, again about eight miles north of the city a suburb of boston and that's where him and all his sisters and brothers grew up so there's a there's a whole clan of hurleys over here i was um he was one of eight so i've got lots and lots of cousins and aunts and uncles and they're all mental <laughs> i love them a bit i love them <laughs> but they're all a bit crazy but yeah i tell them why i came over here and i just kind of needed a change and that you know I was living in Leeds after music college and my band broke up and that was what's keeping me there and I just needed, you know, I needed to shake it up. Um, but that's what I kind of tell those people and, you know, I wanted an adventure. Um, but there was a bit more underlying it because I came over here and I used to spend my summers over here when I was a, when I was a little one, like my whole summer holidays from when I was four till nine, I would spend over here. And it was amazing, but like coming back and you're getting all those memories back and it's like, wow, like it's really cool. But then when it, it got like pretty hard in the winter, because the first Boston winter <sighs> nearly killed me, man. It was ridiculous. It's so cold. And so Serious? Hot. Compared even to over here? Yeah. Oh, way more cold. And it stays cold for a lot longer. Um, it's that continental cold, you know, it's like we get the, even though Britain's a lot higher in latitude, it gets the Gulf Stream, so it gets all the warm air coming up from the, from the Mex, from the um, yeah, the Gulf of Mexico. So that's what keeps Britain slightly warmer, because it should be, you know, way up in Canada, being covered in like feet and feet of snow. Um, but yeah, over here, that was that was a real shock, <laughs> that cold. But then I had to deal with some other stuff because I only came to Boston between the ages of four and nine because after that, my father kind of just went off the radar. And so that was something that I kind of had to really deal with when I moved over here. It was just like brought right to the forefront of my, my being because the sights and the smells and there's all kind of things that are just constant reminders. Constant triggers. Um, and then when you, pardon? Constant triggers. Yeah, yeah everything it was it was wild um, and then pair that with being alone working full-time in a stressful job um having a tiny little room in a sublet like really drove me down and down and i had to really conquer a lot of stuff were you close to coming up. back Pardon? Any were you close to coming back at any point no no i wasn't i was like I, something's going on i needed to conquer it and i was just like at the back of my mind 
because we'd would actually my sister tried to go and find him a while back and she uh, got pretty close but he just wasn't there and he was down in Key West in Florida so I kind of knew at some point I've got to do this and I've got to go and try and find him you know so that was kind of the big thing that I, I think why I stayed even though I was so kind of like down and depressed and I just kind of knew there was there was a bigger picture going on um so yeah I ended up going down a little while ago and I ended up reuniting with the guy how was that was there a lot of peace in that or was there a lot of questions and how how was that are you happy to open up about it or oh yeah I am I'm fine with it it was it was the best thing I've ever done in my life honestly it was uh gave me a lot of closure it was like all these missing pieces of the jigsaw however cliche that might be like having just your mother's side of the the argument or or the upbringing you know and not really getting to know my father as a man i think that's very important like as you know and then having all those pieces fit together find out the reasons not that i needed a reason the first thing i did to him said to him was i forgive you wholeheartedly i forgive you and i love you and that was it because before that i had to do a lot of healing i went through some therapy in boston I had to reassess everything in my life, like what I was doing to my body, what I was putting into my body, how I was treating myself, how that was affecting my mental well-being, how I can help in the best way possible. Um, and obviously the main thing was to, you know, just tackle a big demon, which I did, you know, and it, it was crazy. You know, I spent a few days with him on Key West and he's, he's a homeless alcoholic, but he lives a free life in a paradise island. You know, he's kind of got it set <laughs> and it was as much as it's kind of sad seeing that side it's like i see him and i'm like he's not he doesn't seem sad or anything and i got to know him and he's like he's happy there as much as he can be he's got demons and he does you know he's he's been on the source heavily all his life you know like a lot of the family over here have um my family here and you know i have as well you know me <laughs> from being in least Yes, uh, I could still, you know, party from time to time. Lots of love, Porto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, big guy, Key West, Luca. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah, went down yeah. again. Actually, Luca, Luca. Luca met my old man, um, because we went. I went back a little while ago. Me and him had a bit of a bit of a knees up in Key West. We got a bit, a bit fucked up actually. I came off my bike then. And that's kind of the last time I got that wasted. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Nah, it's not for me that much anymore. So it, it seems a real pivotal turning point being out in Boston. Um, mm. You know, it seems like there's a lot of growing, a lot of growth rather that you've, you've, you've done out there, which probably wasn't even on the agenda or the table when you got out there. But it no. feels, this, this seems now like a real, like, Short calmness to 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 you being and how you are, man. Do you feel like you pushed through something that you didn't even realize you needed to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Um, but yeah, I kind of like now you say didn't realize I needed to because I was in such denial. I was quite angry for a lot of my kind of teenage years and even my early twenties, and I would do sorts of all sorts of negative coping mechanisms um, to kind of deal with that. But then, you know, once you eventually kind of wake up and I, I always knew there's underlying like just questions and a big, it's like having a rain cloud again, another cliche, just hanging over your head. 
it's just there, just constant, constant nagging, you know, constant questions. And it didn't even go down with too many questions after that. But, you know, once they all got answered, I'm like, oh, just the being was the answer. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I was very calm. I came back and I was just like, I felt lighter. I felt spring in my step and that spring's not gone out my step since or it's it doesn't go for very long i'm a lot easier to get back up in calm positive spirits but yeah i've been on quite a spiritual journey as well adventure wise and just challenging myself to just move to a different country albeit a um an english-speaking country which i was fairly familiar with still you know just to uproot and start fresh somewhere you've still got and to settle and settle and it was it was a tough process but it was a fun process and lots of lots of wild times in the process and lots and lots of adventure and that's that's just what more i want now i just want more and more adventure over here just looking forward what's boston like i know from my understanding uh limited understanding rather of boston mm -hmm. I know that it's a massive rival to New York and the two like banter each other off, one's in one shadow, one's in the other's shadow. But I don't really actually know a lot about um, Boston other than that, really. So what, what is Boston like? So Boston, you're going to get a little tour of Boston now because I also pedicab and I give tours on my pedicab. And the, bearing with that rivalry as well, like when the New York Yankees and the Sox play and I'm on that pedicab, it's so much fun. There's so much energy there. It's like this. One of the pedicabbers has prided himself in never taking an open Yankees fan. <laughs> <laughs> like when they play, like decorates his cab, like Yankees suck. And he's all like, fuck you, this, fuck you, that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, to Boston, it's, it was, it's the oldest city it was one of the first the first settlements um of the the pilgrims and uh, the puritans settled in boston so it was like super religious um and they settled there and it was all marshland and whatever and it was taken over from the native americans the massachusetts tribes um which, like, I didn't even know. I was like, of course it sounds like a Native American name. Why didn't I ever think that? I never thought of that. Yeah, and then you think, say it, and it's like, oh, that makes sense. But, yeah, they would, they would come down from the mountains and fish down in the swamp. So most of Boston is actually landfill. They would drive, drive loads of um, stone down. It was a, like, 30-year project just to do Back Bay because it it's only, like, the north end and the south end, which is really um, the original old land. But um, it was a pivotal place in the revolution because that's where it all kicked off was Boston as well. Yeah, like, the tea, the tea party. Boston Tea Party. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no taxation without representation. And there was a bit of a hustle and bustle between like um, it was Sam Adams and Paul Revere, kind of like kickstarted the whole thing. Went and threw a bunch of tea in, and that was into the harbour, and that was the. The, the spark that ignited the flame of the revolution. And there was the bloodiest battle in the revolution um, in Boston as well, the Battle of Bunker Hill. So throughout the history, it's kind of like, in terms of America, it's got one of the most 
deepest histories, the Boston Common was the, it's like got lots of firsts, the first library, first public garden, first um underground transportation system, you know, all of this. Lots of politicians as well come from Boston and that. But Massachusetts and Boston is still a very white place, you know, in that sense. Um, recently, especially, it used, to, it used to be a bit like grimy back in the 70s and like how my father was describing it and the stuff he would get up to. I was just like, yeah, it's changed a lot. If you came back to Boston, you would, you would, um, you'd have a heart attack. He's like, is there any of the bars still down at Kenmore Square? And I'm just like, no, Kenmore Square is not like that anymore. But that was like the legendary area for like the hardcore and the punk scene in Boston and like down at the Rat down there. Was you know legendary spot, and my father used to climb up the Sitco sign and watch baseball games and whatnot, which that can't happen anymore. Um, but yeah, what was I saying? And there was a lot of crime. Tried to clean it up, and it's kind of moving in the direction of like San Francisco now. You know, it's gone. Um, everything's getting pretty, super expensive. You know, things pushed out. I'm devastated at the moment because there's a venue's just. My favorite venue in Boston has just been closed down. Great stuff. Oh, cool. R.I.P. Um, the landlord's just refusing to let them renew the lease. I don't know the ins and outs, but I can't believe that it was just that easy that they could just shut it down. Like, mm. people trying to petition and, like, if it was really the... I don't know. I'm just sad about that, but I've just seen another few of my favorite businesses kind of come... Um, be priced out and have to move, you know. So it's happening everywhere, not just over here. It's happening over there as well. Landlords yeah, wanting yeah. to get hold and of Austin, the... especially this neighbourhood. I mean, I'm lucky to have this house now because, like, it's a pretty expensive down here, even because of its location. But there's, they're just building so much around here that the prices are just gonna go up, and it's gonna force a lot of people out. Harvard are just like getting closer and closer. Harvard Uni is now like only about a couple of hundred meters down the road now. So is that what a lot of it can be built on from there then? And a lot of people who leave there and obviously then want to become young professionals, is that where it's sort of going? Yeah. So it's like young professionals and kind of students who can afford it around here. But this house, I've just got a really lucky, like good deal. They've had this, this lease for a long time. And there's more people living in the house than, you know, rooms. Which I never is, knew Harvard were there. Yeah, Harvard's in, in Cambridge, um, which is a, a city just across the river, but I'm very close to Harvard Square, right from where I live. I cycle through it all the time, actually. But yeah, so where, just right up the speed. Where else have you been in America other than Key West while you've been over there? And has anywhere else sort of gravitated to, to a place where you might settle? Or are you fully feeling Boston for the foreseeable? I'm in Boston. I'm going to see out this calendar year. Does it even count this calendar year now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? My friend said that we should we shouldn't call it like the uh, quarantine or the COVID or like when we refer to it in the future, call it the Great Pause. Oh, look, the oh great... do you know this? Yes, this is why you're an emperor. Okay. Is it pause or is it reset? That's what I keep asking people. Is it pause or is it reset? Pause, I think. If it's think, paused, think... then it just picks up how it was, which it shouldn't. So, but if yeah. it's reset, 
then everybody's sort of recalibrated and well, I think it's to... too, I think it's more of a grand awakening personally. I've seen a huge shift going on. I think a lot of people are starting to question a lot more things that are going on around them because of hundred percent. A lot is not adding up and making sense. Um and I think there is just a bit more of a spiritual awakening, people getting a bit well, I hope so anyway. A lot of people I know have. I hope people don't just like you know, want to return back to how they were as people like it. People should be well, trying that, to improve in this time. They should be trying to recenter themselves, you know. But that's exactly it. I think that's what that's what comes with a pause is mm. it just picks up where it's left off. But I do yeah, like the fact that someone is looking at it as a as an era to look back at because I do look at it as like a, a revolution in resetting. Mm-hmm. I think so. But sorry, uh, I asked... Um, About where am I in America? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I want to do a, a big old trip, like a big, big road trip, a year, whatever, or six months at least, just get a van. And that's what I wanted to do with this. This summer was to be working. I was meant to be on my pedicab earning decent money, really decent money, getting myself a nice van so I can go and do my thing, um, which I still think I can do. I still hope I can do. I'm wishing it. Let's do it. Um and do a big trip around America. There's so much I want to see, which I haven't been able to see since I've been here because I've been to so many cities. I've been out to LA, San Diego. I've been to New York like five or six times. I've been up to, to Maine and Vermont and New Hampshire and New Orleans, Miami, St. Petersburg in Florida, Okeechobee. I've been to Nashville and then I went to Tennessee again. Is this just for long weekends? Pardon? Is it for long weekends? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll... long weekends, weeks, a couple of them. I was out in LA for, I mean, I was out in California for 12 days. Went out to a festival and then went in LA and then went and stayed in San Diego for 10 days, which is amazing. But uh, some of them are weekends. A couple of them that I mentioned were like working holidays, like Okeechobee and Manchester, Tennessee. I actually, um, work i managed to get on the festival crew for pedicabbers or like one of them on one of their met the right person at the right time with the right attitudes and got invited to go to a, a festival last minute to pedicab it was called exit 111 festival first time they'd ever done it it was guns and roses leonard skinner and Def leopard with the headliners Sick. and it was just in this Big old field on the Bonnaroo camp on the Bonnaroo site. It was just a lot smaller because Bonnaroo is a huge festival. And yeah, I was just working this mad weekend at this festival with like all of these southern like rockers and metalheads, and it was amazing. It was so much fun, um, and I like made a bunch of money doing it as well. It was it was it was like the best. So like I started doing that, and I'm like, I think I found my calling. And then I did another festival and it was bigger when I went down to Florida in March. It was actually the first and last festival that they've had this year or the first big one that they were able to have. And then after that, it was kind of everything locked down. Um, but yeah, same again, like good vibes at that festival, super hippie. That wasn't, um, it was, it was done in honor of, um, a, Guru Ram Das, who passed away this year, 
Um, it's like very, you know, very, very good vibes. Like they've got the like yoga, a little lake. It's and that was all paved and you know, wonderful, wonderful time that I managed to do these kind of working holidays. But I felt wasteful, like flying down to these places just for like a weekend to work and whatever. Almost guilty. And I want to do a big travel and I see all of the other pedicabbers and how they live their life. And a lot of them do just constantly, they live in their van, they're constantly on the move. I was going to ask up. that. Is it something that you can uptake and, and do any, you know, in any major sort of city or state? N no. Yes and no. So you, you can with the, if you get on like festivals and do events or like just go to like random like football stadiums and do it, you can kind of work them or in the cities you'll some you mainly have to get individual city permits to to operate in the cities and boston's pretty easy you just need to live within the city or within like the neighboring towns but i know some like for instance san diego i know you have to live there be a california resident for at least a year before you can apply so some places you can some oh that's what i heard anyway um but some places you can, some places you can't. But with the festivals and things like that, you know, you, if you take your pedicab with you or leave it somewhere and go and pick it up or whatever, it's just great. It's just, it just seems like a great way to live. Or just take my guitar around and busk on the street. <laughs> well, this is, this is another thing that we're going to uh, step to is you're in a new band okay. now called yeah. Rude. Yeah, shout out Greg every time. Called Rude. Um, and I know when I was speaking to you before and we were having the Emperor sort of chats and it'd be like, you'll get out there and you'll find a band and it'll be properly sick. And this this is a, a new project, well, a more recent project, isn't it? So um, you've been there, what, two years now, is it? How uh, Coming up three, actually. It was June 15th I moved, 2017. So coming up to the third year, how many uh, music projects have you been involved with out there? I... I've jammed with a few people, kind of jammed in my friend's basement for a bit. And then I started a band with another two friends and that kind of, we jammed twice and that never took traction again because we were just a jam and didn't have really any, any goal. And then I, I did actually invite a couple of my friends to jam with me and we did a few, um, a few, rehearsals and we got a couple of songs down it was all my own material and I kind of didn't know they were great songs but it wasn't kind of like what I kind of envisioned myself going like down that direction for me to be authentic with it um, so I kind of just stepped back from that which I kind of regretted at the time and I've regretted a few times I think I should have stuck through it and like let it work itself out. But also looking back, you know, I, I needed the time to properly finish the song and process how I wanted to put it across. So I'm kind of doing that at the moment as a solo act. But um, then one of the guys that I was jamming with in my first band or like the first couple of jam sessions, he just shot me a, a message randomly one day. And it was super weird how it happened because that morning before I went to work, I was I was in the kitchen and I was with my housemate Sander and I was complaining about how I need to play live music again. It was driving me mad. Like I need to just like play with some like guys loud. And if not, 
I need someone to ask me to play, or if not tonight, I'm making a Craigslist advert, and I'm just gonna like <laughs> start a band or like ask to join a band. And I finished work that day, and I went to India Pav Pavilion in Central Square. I sat down and I had my samosas, just digging into them. And then my phone lights up. My friend Tim Williams just hits me up. It's like, hey Cam, do you wanna, do you wanna come and sing in a band? And I was like, all right, yeah. <laughs> or like, do you wanna come and try out to sing? Like, come down to a practice. And I was like, yeah, like send me some songs. And he sent me some and I wrote lyrics to four of them that night. I just like, just wrote some ideas and then went to the practice the next week and they were just like, yeah, yeah, I think you're in. <laughs> it's mad that, no, that you are, you are, uh, you saw you, you, are you the front singer, are you lead singer? Yeah. So you weren't before in your, in your band back over here, were you? In Cole's Landing I wasn't, I, I was played bass and I did some backing vocals. Um, but my first band in high school, I was the singer. Right. Yeah, I was the front man, and uh, it's it's great to do that again, man. And <laughs> to to just let out the energy on stage, and I, I I'm a bit of a performer. I do like um I do like that aspect of it. Yeah, some of the photos look wild. Yeah, yeah, that show with with all the photos that I posted recently, um, that was that was a great one because that was that was the, again I think maybe the last or I think they had had shows the day after, but after that. The venues were cut down, were shut down because of because of the virus and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing show, and there was a bunch of photographers there, and I was like, "This is gonna be great." And so, did the show as per, and it, I was I was so refreshed when I came back from the festival in such good spirits. I was like, "Let's fucking do this, rock and roll." But yeah, and the, the music's so energetic and fun, and the guys are so tight, and just it, it's fun. I, I I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Is I that like, something that um, could counterbalance the looking to go travelling about, or do you think that it'll be something that'll be there when you come back? I think, well, that's why I said kind of like I could do a six-month thing or a couple of months at a time. Because, you know, as long as I kind of go south for a bit, I don't mind coming north for the... If we need to, like, practice or we're doing this, like, I would like to keep keep that going because, you know, even now we're sending demos to each other and we're able to write somewhat. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of the times I've not been able to make practice because I'm like working away and just traveling and whatnot. And we've been able to make it work because they nail the songs and they just send me a video of them playing it. Then I'm kind of like, get a feel of what I feel like the song could be like melody wise. And then kind of like get the lyric meaning behind it and, and yeah, go from there. So most, most, if not every song we've already done they've sorted the music out prior and like I would maybe go in with some ideas and we'll kind of then go in and tighten it all up together and finish the song together. But that's how it's worked. And I think that's definitely possible, especially with modern technology for me to be able to then, even if I'm in a van, I can, I'd still take my laptop, my interface and a microphone. I could shout maybe wherever I'll be parked. People might be questioning what's going on in that van. <laughs> That would be ace, thinking it's a soundproof. You know, like when you're at a festival and you're in a tent and you're, you're just talking the most maddest nonsense about the naughtiest things because you're in a tent and everyone can hear around. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, what I would be like. You think like, oh, it's fine. Like, no one can hear. Yeah, yeah. And then you unzip your tent and like, oh, I've done that before. And like, everyone sat there staring at me. And I'm like, <laughs> uh. 
that, that's some good tent banter, that though. That's what it, that's what it's about. But no, as long as you can keep both projects up, because it does seem like, uh, like you say, you've got you've got that release. It's almost like it were a calling that you were putting out, and it's come to you. And yeah. you look proper free in them photos. I, I was surprised to see you because I didn't know you were, you had experience previous of being a front singer. So mm -hmm. to see you just in that element, but also just how free like a lot of the photos and you're proper interactive yeah. with the crowd and that. And I thought, yeah, man. So I mm -hmm. thought if it's just getting off, it's like, if it's just starting out, it'd be, it'd be a bit of a waste to like just uh, almost stall it before it's had a chance to grow. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like I've talked to Tim briefly about it, um, and he said, "You know, man, this is like what we want to do." And I'm like, "Yeah, but," and he's right. He's like, "Give it a year," and I'm like, "Yeah, I do." But I've also got this huge calling inside of me that I can't really ignore at the minute, um, and I do think we can still do it, but I don't want to be living in Boston for another winter. To be quite frank with you, <laughs> I need to escape. If I live here, then I'll have to, like, try and find a sublet or whatever. And I think it would be better for me if I can just, like, live mobile, do my own thing. And I really wholeheartedly believe that that's going to help my musical process and my ability more to More stories. Write. More stories, more of that actual experience. And I always find I, I get my ideas most when I'm in motion, when I'm traveling. Like, I do a lot of writing on planes, trains, buses, or even just when I'm somewhere else. When you're distancing yourself from your everyday life and you can really just kind of like hone in on like what you're thinking, what you're feeling or, or like, yeah, rather than like me sat in my bedroom looking at my window, it's not the most inspirational place to, to write because you're still in, in that comfortable place. So I think if I'm constantly on the move and, or like not on the move or kind of like just taking a step back from society as well and really hone, hone my craft because guitar is something I only started learning when I moved to America. I'd never played that before, really. I've, I've played bass, I've played piano, I've sung in bands, I could mess around and play a couple of songs with power chords, but that was about it. So I bought an acoustic guitar, my, my kind of after a year of living here. I should have got it earlier because, man, did it help. And then I've just played that almost every day since. And I think if I've just got me and myself and my guitar and my bike and my van, maybe a dog. <laughs> but well, like, yeah, driving across America and all them straight roads, like looking out at just all the crazy, like, country, well, not countryside, but all just the mad scenic routes that you'll be able to go on. Yeah, really get out there. Because, again, I've, as I mentioned before, I've, I've been to a lot of places. I've visited a lot of places since I've been here, but it's all cities. And it's great because you're absorbing the culture of these cities and you really, it's vibrant and have a great fun time. But nature's calling me big time. Nature is like calling. Like Ace Ventura. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I disappear swinging from the trees. <laughs> um, but no, that's more Tarzan than Ace Ventura. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, there is a bit where he does do that. So I allowed it. I allowed it. Yeah. All right, thanks for that. Um, but yeah, kind of nature is calling me just to just get out and away from all for a little bit. And I really think it will be beneficial for a, for a lot of things. And it's something that I personally, I'm just feeling the pull at the minute. Um, just seeing in the next six months, if I can, six to eight months, if I can really just get myself sorted out and 
do the thing and make it work, I think I can. I find myself along the on the way in, in a more spiritual way because I have been very much into that as well since being here. More mindful practices that I've been doing, um, you know, just helping in in general. And as I was saying about that festival down in Florida not too long ago, this, this guy who I just got given a book actually when I came back from Florida. And it took me a while to clock in that it was by the same guy who the, the festival was kind of like, um, what do you Commemorating. In memory, yeah, commemorated for. And what, and it was just random that that book was given and it was by well, that. i it before. It's um, my very good friend Kat gave it to me. Oh, I, I had it and she like decorates it and it's, it's, um, it's beautiful and I'd seen it before and she gave it to me just to like look through properly because I really wanted to read it and get the message and uh, read his first story about how he actually used to live right around here um, and he went on a huge journey like experimenting with hallucinogenics he was a professor at Harvard he ended up getting fired from Harvard because he was doing some mass experiments with hallucinogenics and giving psilocybin mushroom and acid to priests and school teachers and nurses and whatnot <laughs> But yeah, just trying to find his find find like the answer to like deep burning questions, and he ended up eventually kind of like getting that piece on this huge quest, taking him to a guru in the foothills of the Himalaya, Himalayas. Wow, and whatnot, and you know I've been doing a lot of my, I guess practices to, to, I don't know, further yourself. Further go inside. And I think kind of, I don't know, I want to do this America thing. I know that there's going to be a bigger journey at some point. Um, I really feel that I need to go to India for quite a while. I, like eventually. I'll do a big, big, big old journey out there at some point. Um, because I think it's, uh, it's very important for me what's, now. what's the name of the book? What's the name of the book? Be Here Now. Um, and it's by the Lama Foundation. But it's all, it's, it's just how it's presented. I should probably go and show you it. because it's, it's just beautiful. It's like a story, but it's like, I, you can't read it all in one sitting. There's just too much to take in. It's just, and how it like, how it moves down the page and how that in turn makes you think about real like life questions of like what it is to be this conscious human in the world right now and you know how to to lose the ego um and live in peace in a more kind of like in the present in the present time but this is you know i've read a few other books there's a one called the um what's it called the power of now Eckhart Tolle, mate. That's the Bible, that. That's the greatest book. Eckhart Tolle is the, is the man. Yeah, 100%. Um, so that was the first... I'd had that for a while. My old housemate, Harry, gave me that um, when we lived in Leeds together, I think in third year of uni. And I read a couple of bits, and I, I don't think I was ready to kind of do that. I was like, yeah, yeah. So I brought it to America with me, and then I, I read it then. When it really like when I hit my really low points, it was like right, let's let's read the good stuff. <laughs> like, let's sort this stuff out. 
and then that really helps me in just your day-to-day living and how to kind of be a bit more calm and in peace in, in general um and i guess i just want to further that because if i have this body for this amount of time on this planet in this dimension then i want to kind of live i guess true you know i don't want to get to the end and be like ah, i was completely absorbed in the capitalist societies all my life or or, or I was playing to my ego for a lot of my life and not being true and not being kind enough in, in this, you know. I've had so many, like, nightmares of, like, what would happen on my deathbed. Like, not that I'm afraid of dying, I'm just afraid of not living. Well, I was, and I've kind of got that strong lust for life um, and this huge wanderlust. Uh, I just think there's a lot to see on, on this spiritual plane a lot to find out about ourselves and I think it would be a wasted opportunity to get to the end and be like I didn't really delve in there really in there you know I've obviously taken a couple of hallucinogens in my past (laughs) (laughs) I hear you brother I was on first day mate I'm telling you now man I'm telling you now some chalky mushrooms man they were absolute oh wow Beautiful, beautiful. And it, you just feel I, like unblockages been removed. Like you feel like there's a sense of like I, I can feel that 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 resonance inside me of that place where I went, mm-hmm. and I, I know that I've drawn that from the universe even further, and it's cleared out what it's needed to, and it's put me. I can just feel a lot more acutely in tune with what is the present. So mm-hmm. they definitely have What's their. Their, their perk, shall we say. And also from what you were just saying then, feels like you've got an ease with the way that you put, oh, I definitely want to do a bit in India. It feels now, because you've done like the big jump across the Atlantic, it feels mm. now like saying something like, oh, I'll do India or whatever. It doesn't feel like it's as an, um, a big as a uh, hesitancy towards approaching these big lights, not drastic, but, you know, massive changes in culture and, and in living style mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely definitely helped like and I think also just having because I've, I've traveled a lot but like going out to even into Thailand and seeing seeing Bangkok and having that culture shock and seeing that kind of like madness and really I was like I loved it I loved like I would just like go out on walks in the morning by myself and just like see all the people going to work and being in the hustle and bustle. And I was just like, this is class. Just like that culture shock and really like taking it all in and, and whatnot. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. It wasn't like, and obviously it was still relatively Western. You could still get away with whatnot. And uh, I kind of just, where was I going with that? I kind of just want more. More of that after all, all of this. I really want to see America and really see it, the beautiful country, the big country as it is, um, and do my thing. And again, who, who knows where I'll be? But that is just, it's one that's going, always going to be on my bucket list, going, going to India. And it's such a, such a beautiful country, and it's where all the, the main peaceful religions of the world are formed from there. And, you know, I think if, you, if I'm really going to go on the big journey, it's it's 
the, the, the big journey is within yourself, you know, and you can do that from anywhere in the world. But I think a geographical journey will also help along the process of that, you know. When I'm ready, it all happens when you're ready. It really does. It all happens when it's meant to. I respect that. I respect that. I think the final ones from me then is, do you see yourself ever coming back? Uh, obviously, on holiday, you'll be back, but do you see yourself ever settling back? I do. That's another thing that I've, I've thought about. You know, I, I, love, I love where I grew up. I love the Northumberland coast. I love, um, you know, the northeast. I love, I love Leeds. Will always hell's a very special place in my heart. Um, being there from whatever nineteen till twenty six, I was important times. <laughs> um, but what was I saying? You know, life's got many chapters, and you know, you think about life and mortality, and like your relationships. Relationships, I've noticed, especially a lot more recently, I've been reaching out and making, not necessarily, I've apologised to a couple of people about like things I've done and things I've said, you know, just, just growing and having, realising how these relationships are very integral and are really to, to life and to sustaining it. There's a lot of me kind of going out and doing my own thing, just fuck it, I can't, whatever, but now I'm doing more like that. And I want to be around my family, like my, my, my mother, you know, see wherever she'll be when, when, you know, age is going to come, time is moving forward. There's going to be times where I'm just going to be getting older and I would love to return back, I think, then and maybe settle, you know. It's, it's always, you know, it's got a place to my heart. But we'll see if I do find another home where I'll put down my roots. But... I don't know, it's really hard for me to think about putting down my roots because I'm in such a free place. Free place, yeah, you can tell, man. And when, you, when you've, I've got a lot more to, a lot more traveling to do before I can be like, okay, this is the place. But there's a lot of places I know that I could, I could make, I could be happy where I'm living right now. You know, I, I already know that I can find happiness um, and I know that I don't need much for it. I really don't. I need food and water and shelter. Sometimes not even. You know, a hammock will do. Or a well-placed bush to sleep under. <laughs> you know. Uh, final two from <laughs> but, me. Yeah. Final two from me is, uh, what's the biggest difference between the English and Americans that you found? Americans can't drink. <laughs> Yeah, and the, the bars are worse. <laughs> Fair, and I—I I, would you consider doing Burning Man? Yeah, at some point. But like again, I don't know. People always complain about it. it's not what it used to be. But I'm sure it's still pretty crazy. Nice sip. Yeah, I would. I'd definitely do something like that. You know, just have a have this on all the time because I cannot be in the sun in the desert. Me. <laughs> I don't do too well. <laughs> <laughs> It'd suit you that, mate. I reckon Burning Man as well. Like A lot of the chat that you've spoke about, I think Burning Man will help accelerate a lot of the things that you've been discussing. And no doubt, there's a lot of synchronicities that have been tying up from what you've been saying a lot with the book, 
with the music and how things of the universe has been reaching out with you with certain mm -hmm. things that you've, you've obviously attained and grabbed hold of. So I think something like Burning Man, you'd really uh, prosper and benefit from as well, man. I do think so. Well, I'll, I'll hopefully be on a big old, big old road trip at some point. Um, we'll get 2021 written in, mate. We'll definitely do it. We'll look to boss it off. Yes. All right, right Emperor. You just made it happen. Let's follow the universe. 100%, <laughs> mate. We're in. We're in. We're in. 100%. I'm going to bounce, but you take it easy and let's have a catch up away from this anyway. Good to reconnect, my brother. Yeah. Fantastic, Bless. Ben. Lovely to see you as well and chat. Bless your heart. Bless. You take it easy. Peace. Namaste. Namaste. Yes, G. There we are. That uh, instalment of Loose Lips was catching up with Cam Hurley, who is uh, settled in Boston. So we're just speaking to him about American life. And uh, what really came through from that is just the breakthrough that he's made through in a sense of his self-development and more along the spiritual path as well. And his growth into the nourishment of nature and the universe and looking to expand his horizon and his mind. Uh, on this adventure of life. So real cool words and resonance coming from him. So amazing to reconnect with my boy, Cam Emperor Hurley. If you're new to this, this is Loose Lips. It's a Good Vibes Only chat show. Uh, we've been going for a month now since lockdown started, probably a couple weeks into it. So if you want to see the back catalogue of my previous chats, go to YouTube, go to Pop, Cult Chic, put that in and you can see the previous chats and likewise on Instagram if you follow pop.cult.chic that's pop.cult.chic you put that in and you can find all the previous chats on there as well I've got another how many chats have I got now? I've got another two chats coming up so we're going to be speaking with uh, Kelly who uh, I'll be chatting with at 6 and we're going to be speaking with her about all things nutritional, base, and well-being. And then after that, at seven, we'll be speaking with the one and only Stephanie Hurst. So make sure you join me back on my Instagram, at Ben Random, to keep in touch with those. Until then, peace and light to you and yours. Take it easy.